Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yeah, sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said they do I love it. I love it. It's been a while. But we are reunited at last. Christian Fowler, via the phone line, on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. On X at C. Fowler, BCM senior writer and content creator for Love City Media. We have a podcast, which I have not been on the past two weeks. Looks like Christian and Kenny, old, old Kenny Stubblefield, have done it without me. But we do have podcasts, Apple, Spotify, full-length video version on YouTube. Go find it. Christian, how are you, dude? Good to talk to you. I mean, it's only been two weeks, but if you told me it's been two months, I, I wouldn't, I would not believe that. I think I'd be on board with that. It feels like it's been forever. We gave you an extra night off last night, yes. so because uh, you didn't know I was home, which is kind of funny in itself. <laughs> hey, that sh- that shows how good of a friend I am that I don't want to bother you when you're on your honeymoon. Yes, well, I mean, isn't that sort? Of, I mean, does that show how good of a friend you are? Or is that just sort of like? I think so. I feel like that's relatively, you know, common. You don't want to bother someone on their honeymoon. Common courtesy sure, is what they call that. I'm sure some of y'all's friends hit y'all up over the week. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of. Wait, you did There's not for for if you, you've been out of the country, right? Nope. You have not. You don't get cell service. <laughs> you don't get cell service. You better get that Wi-Fi up. FaceTimes and uh, iMessages is all. That's all that goes through. And old yeah. St. Lucia. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm, well, I'm sure glad to be you'd back. rather be in St. Lucia right now, but glad you're back. I mean, it was depression when I when I left, but I got back yesterday, <laughs> got on the air, and it felt, you know, it's like riding a bike. I was right. I was concerned. Right I didn't it. I didn't remember how to do my job, but I do remember how to do my job. And uh I do have <laughs> I do have somewhat of a bone to pick with you. Um you and Kenny okay. didn't even stay for the uh reception. What was that about? Brother, what was that about? I, 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 I was no, I was saving this for the podcast, uh, and we didn't like I said we didn't do it last night. So the wedding ends, and uh, people that don't know, I'm a very small group type person. I know you think it's big groups, but like I have a small group of friends, and that's kind of yes. how I roll. 350 people at a wedding <laughs> is a lot of people, especially when you know four people there that 
aren't the two people getting married. I knew Kenny and his wife, Connor and Brad. And, and, and you and know, Brad, and you know my my groomsmen, but they a couple of my groomsmen, but they were they were right. Yeah, they were in also in the wedding. Yes, uh, Connor and Brad immediate gone. Um, I hung around for about an hour. No sight of the big guy. Uh, talked to your brother Alex for a minute, and you know I think we, me and you, saw each other when I was going yes. to sign the book right after you. the right after uh, you the peak. The you, you saw in between the curtains when I was about to walk yeah. out. I did. I thought you were going to come, you know, give me a hug and tell me you love me, but you didn't. I'm not going to say that I was offended, <laughs> but my feelings were a little bit hurt. <laughs> um, and so then I stuck, like I said, stuck around for an hour, no one to talk to, and uh, was just kind of like, all right, uh, this is my cue. I'm going to sneak out of here. Well, when I see you, I'll give you the hug and tell you I love you. How about that? I'll tell you I okay. love you now. How about okay. that? Does that, does that work? Okay. And then I'll give you the hug when I see you in person. It's fair. It's Good fair. deal. I can live with it. Maybe Friday night. Maybe Friday night. Right. What's Friday night? Oh, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, we, we don't know what, what Friday night is. Tulane game. I'm with big you. opportunity. <laughs> big opportunity. Yeah. And I, you know, I I'm excited you know. to see that game. But I'll give you the hug there. How about that? Okay. All good. All right. Deal. Okay. Nice. Now, what do you think about that game, brother? I mean, this is, I, I, I obviously big game. Uh, it, it could lead to a big win and put this this season into overdrive. Quite frankly, um, four and one, they beat Boise State. Obviously, I'm not going to rehash that. That's probably ancient history to you. Glad to see them get that win. Seth looked good. Rock looked good. Demir Blankumsi had that big play. We had the the special teams. They fought down from 17-0. That was all good. I think ultimately, um, this is a different animal though. Tulane's got a good pass rush, good defense. Michael Pratt is very very experienced. This defense is going to have to step up. This is the biggest opportunity, though, for this team um, for really, you know, right now for the rest of the year. We'll see what that SMU game looks like when we get to it, but this is the fourth of six home games, and it's against the, let's be honest about it, the class of the group of five going into this season. Yeah, and this, to me, like overall, you tell me how you feel about this, but this feels like a do-you-have-it game. Do yeah. you have it? How bad do you want it? Like, everything's on the table. We've talked about this. Tulane is a really good football team. They're not Tulane of last year. They're not as good as they were last year. They're still, like you said, the class of the group of five. But I think they're much more beatable than they were last season. So, how do you how do you approach it? How do you come about it? Is it Do you fall down early like you do against Boise State? Because I don't see you climbing out of that right. hole against Tulane. They have to come out hot. They have to come out focused. Like, everything has to hit early. They're not some big underdog in this game, three-and-a-half-point underdog, so they're certainly expected to be in the game. But if they want to win this game and, as you said, put this season into overdrive, catapult this season into what could be something special, then this is the must-win of must-win games. So it's all on the table, but they have to go take it. The Tulane's definitely not going to give it to them. No, no question about it. Like when it comes down to what they need to get done in this game, I after that Boise State game, I feel really good about Seth Hennigan. I, I thought he became, you know, one of the major reasons they won um, instead of sort of being that reason they didn't lose or whatever you want to determine it as. He he had two TDs, two hundred sixty yards. Uh, you know, uh, took care of the no ball turnovers. in a big way. Yes, that that was massive. Uh, got it to his playmakers when he needed it to. I mean, he hit a couple of shots downfield. The one to Demir Blankumsey was was fantastic. 
Um, so I feel good about him. What I what I am a little bit worried about is some of the issues that you could run into up front. They have a good front, Tulane does. They have a lot of guys up front that have two-plus sacks. Patrick Jenkins, their interior D-line, D-lineman, plays three technique. He sort of leads away 6'1", 305. That's going to be a handful for that old line to deal with. Yeah, I would really like to see them work a little bit more outside the tackles this week. I know Tulane has some speed, but they're more stout up front. They're going to be more difficult to handle up front, similar in size kind of to Missouri. And Memphis struggled up front with Missouri. They could not get the run game going. And for this team to win, for Memphis to win the game, these are the three keys. And I told Kenny this yesterday on the podcast. These are the three keys for the remainder of the year. You you can ask me every single week, and I'll say the same thing every every single week. They have to be able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Seth Hennigan has to take care of the ball, and they have to limit big plays on defense. Yep. If Memphis does that, this could be a sweep the rest of the way. If they can do those three things in every game, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Because if Blake Watson is going, if he's running the ball – they're going to have to single cover Rock Taylor. He has shown that he can beat man coverage. Uh, he's really taken a step, especially over the last three games. And if those safeties start creeping up to get in the box to stop Blake Watson, Demir Blankumsi has shown that he can take the top off the defense. So everything offensively revolves around the running game. We've said it ad nauseum. I'm no, I know people are tired of hearing about it. But Blake Watson has truly been one of the better running backs in the country this year, so he has to get going. And it can't be, oh, we can't get him going in the run game, so we got to get him involved in the passing game. Yes, that's fine. We want to see him involved in catching passes, but they have to be able to lean on their offensive line. They have to be able to run the ball. And then defensively, it's been the theme since the Navy game. They've been giving up big plays. Eventually, that's going to come back to bite them. They yeah. were able to kind of shore things up in the second half against Boise State and not suffer a loss because of it. But overall, just too many big plays as defense has given up. And if you – allow Michael Pratt time in the pocket. If you allow his receivers to get down the field, then he can hurt you. Uh, and they, they just don't have the luxury to allow that to happen on Friday night. I didn't have the same concern with you as you did coming out of the Mizzou game with the big plays in the pass game. But that Boise State team, who's not a great passing team by any stretch of the imagination and had to play two quarterbacks, really threw it all over the yard. And I, I, like My concerns are now there about the secondary where they weren't necessarily there after that Mizzou game. I needed to see more. I saw more negatives. And, and I, I, Are they going to be able to fix that, or do you think that's sort of who they are? I, I think this game will tell us a lot. You, you know, For the rest of the season, it's going to be hard to gauge because Memphis does not play any other good teams really until the SMU game. So this, I, I think this will tell us for sure. And I think fortunately they're coming off of a bye week. Uh, Tulane is as well, so you don't even get that advantage really in this game. But I think it's a good time to reset for Memphis, you know, coming off of that two-game stretch of Missouri and Boise State, which we knew was going to be tough. Uh, They were able to split those games, but they were highly contested, kind of back-and-forth high-scoring games. So being able to get a a week off after that, a week of preparation, a week to kind of shore things back up, a week to heal from, you know, kind of the – knick-knack injuries and the bumps and bruises and stuff. I I think that should obviously help them overall, and we'll see what adjustments are made um, for the entire team, but secondary specifically, because now you've had two weeks to prepare for Michael Pratt in this offense, so how do they attack it? You know, Do they feel like they need to speed him up? Do they feel like they need to sit back and make him throw in his own coverage all game and not let 
you know, the secondary get beat over the top. It'll be interesting. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. However they come out schematically, defensively, I think will tell us a lot about how they feel like they can stop Michael Pratt in that offense. No, I don't invest a whole lot into ESPN, FBI, um, the football power index, but I do look at it, and, and, and it does a decent job of telling you what's to come. But what I found strange, Memphis is at 58. Doesn't really surprise me there. They're the third-ranked team in the AAC when it comes to ESPN, FBI. But Tulane is sitting at 45, and the highest-ranked team – for ESPN FPI in the American Athletic Conference is SMU at 33. Does that make a whole lot of sense to you? I've seen them this year. Yeah, they stuck in there against Oklahoma, who's the number five team in the country. I get that. And they just beat Texas. That was a massive game. But they did not look good against TCU. They're 3-2 and two right now. Does, is that correct in, in your estimation? No, I think you still have to give the crown to Tulane as far as group of five teams. I I know they lost that game to Ole Miss, but that game was more competitive than the final score indicates. Yeah, it was, um, it, so it was I, the, the fumble six made it look a lot right. lot worse than it was. Right. Yeah, I mean, Tulane with two minutes or three minutes left or whatever, they had a chance to I – I can't remember if they had a chance to win the game, but it was, it was super close. It was a very competitive game, um, and Ole Miss has been pretty solid throughout the year. And so. with a backup quarterback on Tulane's side, by the way. That was right. a, that's another – Yeah, Michael Pratt – yeah, Kai Michael Horton. Pratt didn't even play in that game. So there's there's always a caveat of that. So I don't really get it. I know that they've lost to two Power 5 schools, one of which is in the top five, the other which was in the national championship last year. But, yeah, I would say Tulane is, is the best. And I would say Memphis and SMU are, are pretty, pretty close. No, no, I would say that too. Is there anybody else in the group of five, like Fresno State, Air Force maybe? Air Force is probably that other team in the group of five that we're really looking at. But we know the AAC usually has a stronghold on, on New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, I think we see it with Fresno State and with Air Force. And there's a couple other teams, Wyoming. Wyoming. Who, who, who they, they lost to, was it Fresno State that they lost to? I, or, or, I believe so. Something. Let me check that for you. I'll check that something for you. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but regardless, it's you know those teams have had decent seasons. But you go look at who they've played; they've played absolutely no one. Uh, one of those teams played Portland State, who Oregon beat by eighty-one, and they beat them by fourteen. I can't recall off the top but of my head. Wyoming, Wyoming lost to Texas, beat Fresno State last week, and then early in the season, their big win that they hang their hat on is that two OT game in Week One where they beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech, yeah. So it's yes, they have good records, but they have they just really haven't played anybody of note. Like you said, Wyoming getting the win over Texas Tech is solid, I guess. But uh, I don't know, nothing in there really really excites me. And they're not playing interconference games like Memphis will be against Tulane and SMU. So yes, one of those teams could absolutely sneak into a New Year's Six Bowl if they keep winning. But it just feels like still the class of group of five resides in the American, especially with Boise State being down this year. Now we know Ryan Silverfield bought 2,500 tickets for this game. What do you expect the uh, crowd turnout participation to be like? I always like the the, uh, Friday the 13th games. I like the Friday games versus Tulane. 
yeah, you would think this is going to be the best turnout of the year. It's the best team that they're going to play at home, in my opinion. I know they play SMU at home as well. But it's the best team they play at home. We just hit fall weather. People are, you yeah. know, really wanting to be outdoors and doing things outside. Uh, weather's supposed to be beautiful Friday night. Uh, I mean, so I, I would imagine it's got to be good. Yeah. Like you said, some people get skeptical about the Friday night games. I don't really understand the skepticism to it. Like, it's it's the weekend as well. I understand that people are working or whatever. But I still think it'll be a good turnout. Like I said, weather's supposed to be really good. So they should they should have – a lot of people out there for this game. Talk, I would say if I had this, if I had to place a stamp on it, I would say this will be the game with the most attendance this season. And then if they win it later in the season, if you handle business against some of these lower these lower tier teams in the AAC, that, that SMU, SMU game, game, oh my gosh, it could be the yeah. biggest one since the last the the, the the SMU college game day game. That's, that's yeah, good. right. That's I mean, if, Memphis, if Memphis is ranked in the top twenty five at that point, then then that certainly changes things yeah for sure now talking with christian fowler at c fowler bcm um one more note in college football before we move on to a little memphis basketball uh oklahoma how bought in are you to them after seeing what they were able to do against texas late late touchdown to nick anderson dylan gabriel i think put himself squarely in the heisman race with that you have oklahoma ranked fifth overall in the ap poll brent venable seems to have his defense uh in in that sort of culture built now, how bought into you, or how bought in are you to uh, Oklahoma at this point? It's a to me that's a tough question. Uh, I mean, Dylan Gabriel has been incredible. 112 rushing yards, 285 passing yards. That that drive that he led down for them to win was great. That throw that he made to get them inside the goal line, where he looked like he was about to take off and kind of checked right through that slant, and it and it yep. went like Dylan Gabriel was nearly flawless in that game. So they've looked, they've looked good, but they haven't looked like world beaters. But at the same time, you can make the argument no one has looked like a world beater in college football this right. year. So, I mean, I think you throw them right there with like Florida State and Ohio State and teams like that where they look really good some weeks and then other weeks you're just like, I, I don't know if I can see them competing for a national championship. close game against SMU, right? Right, yeah. right. I think that would they win that game by like, it's twenty eight eleven, but it was a it was a late touchdown 17. in there. Right. So it's just we don't know at this point in college football. Like there's so much parity in college football this year. Even Georgia hasn't looked like the Georgia of the last two years. I know they finally got like a, a <laughs> statement dominant victory yeah. over what you know some people think is a good Kentucky team. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but you know, 14 point favorites, they win 51 to 13. So Georgia finally put it all together. Carson Beck throwing four touchdowns, but yeah, I think you can lump Oklahoma right there with those other teams from like three to seven, like from, uh, Ohio state, Florida state, Washington, Oregon, like all those teams to me are kind of on the same plane because we, we really don't know. Like we haven't seen them play outside of Oklahoma and, Florida State, like we haven't seen them play a ton of cop, uh, top competition, and they just haven't been consistent this season. What 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 makes me buy into them maybe a little bit more? It, it's less about how good I think they are, and more about who they play the rest of the year. You get through that Texas yeah, that, game. Yeah. You, I mean, their their only ranked opponent on the schedule right now is two weeks from now. You're dealing with uh, uh, Kansas at Kansas. Kansas, but then you have. Yeah. I mean, think about this: UCF. At Kansas, at Oklahoma State, we know that that could get tricky. We know that Oklahoma State is a, it's always a tricky game. 
uh, rivalry game. But then West Virginia at BYU, TCU to end the year. I'm not saying they're going to you know absolutely run through that and blow out all those teams, but that is a pretty damn favorable remaining schedule if you want to stay undefeated going to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every everything's in front of them to be a, a playoff team right now. I mean, you you won on paper the hardest game on your schedule. Um, Quinn Ewers is still not sold on him. <laughs> yeah, uh, we talked about that earlier in the year, and uh, he he didn't look great on Saturday. Especially threw for a lot of yards, of but game. threw a lot of picks too. Right. Um, so yeah, Oklahoma has everything in front of them. But it's always the same question with Oklahoma's defense. And I know Brent Venables is there, and we know what he did at Clemson and how good his defenses were there. But Oklahoma still, you know, that talent level on defense is not up to par with where it was for Brent Venables at Clemson. So it just becomes, you know, do they have to win shootout games or against these more quality opponents like Kansas, uh, which we know Jason Beam has been starting for them, no Jalen Daniels. But if he's able to come back and play in that game, you know, is that a shootout type game or are they able to shut that Kansas offense down? I, I think it's interesting. You know, Oklahoma, like I said, they're right there in the mix for it. And uh, they, they can impress over the next five or six games because they should win all those games. Talking with Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media on X at C. Fowler BCM. Um, Tiger basketball recruiting. We have Curtis Givens committing to LSU, coming to Big Bill's uh, barbecue and committing to LSU. There's some Tiger fans that – uh, took it the wrong way, but I think it's less than in the past, and we've talked about this. I think especially looking at the way Penny Hardaway has transformed his roster creation and how he puts together his roster, I think a lot more people don't hang on every whim with high school recruits. Like they just, It's it's more about the transfer portal and everything else, but what does this mean? Was this a big miss? Do you, do you view it that way, or, uh, or are you just saying on to the next? Uh, it's never a big miss. Have you seen the transfer portal the last few right, years right. like that? That's, that's what I don't get. Like, the transfer portal is way more valuable than high school recruits because in this day and age, with the thing, with the way that things are going in college sports with the transfer portal, if you get a high school freshman, probably 70 to 80% chance you're not going to get them for and their he, best Hell, he could, uh, Curtis Gibbons could end up at Memphis at some point in his career. Right. 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 Or he could have, you know, committed to Memphis and then, you know, not played much his first two years and transferred and then be a star – point guard somewhere else and he transferred away from Memphis like that is the landscape that we're in high there there's very little value in a high school freshman unless they are a no doubt no brainer like top five top 10 lottery pick that's gonna play their freshman year if you're if you're getting guys that are gonna sit on the bench they're not gonna sit on the bench long nowadays like it, it just it's it's not the way that that this sport is going it's going towards straight up free agency so why spend your valuable NIL money on high school freshmen when you can spend that NIL money on players that are already experienced and players that can immediately help? I mean, it's it's weird. It's such a weird transition because it's all about development in sports and we're seeing – or in college sports and we're seeing that go completely astray. Like it's not about yeah. development anymore. It's about getting guys that are already developed and already experienced that can just come in and help you immediately. So it's it's tough. 
for high school freshmen because you're going to have a lot of teams that are going away from that. I guess the only concern I'd have about missing out on a guy who's – I mean, this is – Curtis Givens and Penny are tight, right? Like his dad. And, right. Uh, you, you, they rolled out the red carpet for the entire uh, you know official visit, and they did everything they could to bring him in. I just sort of wonder if there's like a larger message that's been sent from this staff and from Penny Hardaway in particular – and and some people could say it it doesn't matter with high school recruits in general, but will you lose out on more high school recruits because of the investment you've put in the transfer portal the past two years and the success you've seen? Like, do high school recruits see that and say, "Oh, maybe they don't value as much as a you know a Kentucky or a, an LSU will uh, ultimately?" And and will the NIL money be there for me if the investment seems to be directly sort of poured into? transfer portal guys guys that are have experience that have been around the block i don't think it turns high school freshmen away from memphis because at the end of the day let's be honest about it there's only one thing that matters not well i don't want to i don't want to make it seem that cut and dry but and i don't want to act like this is some massive massive like concern i have but it is it's just like it's it's a message that I'm, i'm curious about right i mean in my opinion the biggest variable for every recruitment from here until something changes is that dollar amount. Right. And it, you know, it just comes down to is a staff is Memphis staff willing to pay X amount of money in NIL for this high school freshman when they can use it on a transfer. Like, I just think they're going to be very picky about which players their NIL money go to as far as high school freshmen. I mean, I think, you know, clearly if they had one of the top guys, you know, top five, top ten guy in the country that wanted to come, maybe they wouldn't have a problem paying more for that player. Mm-hmm. But if it's between a guy that, you know, may take two to three years to develop or a guy that's already there, then I, I think those funds are going to go kind of a the guy come in point. and immediately help. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Now, AAC preseason media poll came out, no surprise, FAU first. Uh, Memphis second. I still think it's one A, one B. You can have a gripe over eleven vote, uh, eleven votes going to FAU to only three for Memphis. I think that's maybe a little too staggered, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, first team, you had Javon Quinterly from Memphis. Second team, you had Jordan Brown. Uh, not as mad. I thought I thought you could have probably added a couple more guys in there, um, sort of depending on on what you think uh, the starting lineup is going to look like. Um, but any any takeaways from AAC preseason basketball? Um, media day. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that either Caleb Mills or David Jones weren't weren't mentioned on either one of the teams. That was a little bit surprising to me. But uh, overall, it's kind of, I mean, I will say what did surprise me, J.J. and Carl as the co-rookies yeah, yeah. of the year. Are they going to get but minutes? I, I think, <laughs> right. Right. I think, that, I think that just speaks more to the level of freshmen that are coming into the American this year than anything else. Like, I know Carl wasn't their highest-rated guy, but what, what's been said about him in the offseason and what he did in the Bahamas and stuff like that. Um, Bahamas. Dominican, Dominican Republic. Yeah, in the in the Dominican. So I, I think that probably had something to do with it. And then J.J. Uh, being relatively high-rated, I think that's that's probably where that comes from. But as far as Memphis being picked second, I think we all saw that coming. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's 1A, 1B. I think it's it's a toss-up at this point two really good teams and they're clearly the class of the American and then past them it's kind of just a bunch of mid-level teams I think what was it Tulane was picked to finish third so that kind of tells you where the American sits this year it's really a two-way race and it should be a two-way race they're clearly the most two talented teams and 
it should be a lot of fun. Like it should be very competitive between those two. They should both win a lot of games and it could come down to, you know, head to head and conference play. And it's, it's uh, to me, it's between those. I mean, yeah. they're clearly the class of the American. It's a fight for third in the AAC. That's the truth of it. It's yes. a fight for third for everybody yes. else. We'll see how it shakes out. But Christian, appreciate it, man. I'll holler at you on Friday. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Yes, sir. That's Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media on X at C Fowler BCM. Well, we got a roll. I'm going to pass you off to Grizzlies pregame with Jessica Benson. It'll be Grizz versus Bucks preseason game number two. Lot on TV tonight. Make sure you check out NHL opening night. Triple header on ESPN. Cotter Bedard, number one overall pick for the Blackhawks, will be in action. He is a stud. 18-year-old prodigy. We've heard about him a whole lot. That's at 7 p.m. Um, and also we have MLB playoffs. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Christian Fowler and Jeff Calkins. Uh, we'll go ahead and pass you off to Grizzlies right this second. Be easy, be safe. Enjoy the rest of your night. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.